Last week, if you were here, we started a new series together going through the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And a proverb, by definition, is just a short saying stating a general truth or a piece of advice. And all different cultures and religions and traditions have their own proverbs. And I thought it might be fun to start our time together by sharing a few common proverbs that we all have probably heard at some point in practice, filling in the blanks together. So this requires your participation. Does that make sense? Yes? Great. Okay, so let's try this first one. Don't cry over spilt milk. Very good. All right, this next one is practice makes perfect. Yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And then this next one, honesty is the best policy. And then this last one is a cat. A cat is a man's best friend. <laughs> yes. I'm really disappointed that none of you anticipated that I would say cat and said that with me. But, you know, I may have altered that last one a little bit to fit my own deep convictions in my life and personal preferences. But I still think that it's really wise and true and that I improved the original saying. And I brought some photo evidence tonight to prove that this is true. This is a photo of my best friend, Eden. She doesn't at all look like she wants to leave in that photo. <laughs> so a uh, fun little tangent here. These next six months or so where the weather is a little, little cooler is something in our house that we like to call snuggle season, also known as the six months out of the year that Eden is actually a nice cat because when it's summer and it's hot, she's got fur, so she doesn't know what to do because she can't take off her fur, and she's just so warm and miserable all the time, so she's really rude all the time. But these six months or so are just a really good time, you guys. She, she wants to be on somebody's lap literally 24-7, and it, you wake up with her right next to you purring and snuggling and... This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I just wanted to, to share about my cat with you guys tonight because she's wonderful. But anyways, this year I made a New Year's resolution to read through the Bible in a year, and it's something that I've never done before, and it's been a really cool experience for me just getting a different perspective reading through at a quicker pace than I normally would do. So I would highly recommend it if you haven't done that before now that 2020 is coming up and we'll... I'll probably be making New Year's resolutions. Quick poll, has anybody kept their New Year's resolution from January? There's like three, that's awesome, or four, yeah, that's great. Well, a couple months in my reading plan, a couple months ago, I read through the book of Proverbs that we'll be talking about tonight, and I was blown away by one theme that just kept coming up in every chapter, it seemed like, over and over again, and that was simply how to be wise with how we use our words. Now, show of hands, who here has ever said something stupid that they regretted? Wow, there's not enough hands up right now. <laughs> we all have done this. We say something that we thought would be funny, but it ended up actually just being offensive or awkward. We overshare with someone we just met and get a little too deep and too personal too quickly, make them feel uncomfortable. Or we accidentally share about something that someone else told us in confidence. Or we generally just struggle to articulate exactly what we mean and just struggle to express our heart to someone else. And the reality is this is something that we will always, always struggle with. The Bible actually has a lot to say about this. James chapter 3 says this. No human being can tame the tongue. 
is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Now, when it comes to saying things that we regret here, James is saying that we will literally never have this figured out. Even the most mature person that you know still struggles with gossip or slander or just saying something stupid that their filter didn't catch. And I want to be clear tonight that everything that we're going to talk about is really hard for me, and I personally don't have this figured out either. But just because we won't ever have this fully figured out doesn't mean that we can't pursue growth and experience freedom freedom through Christ in this area of our lives. And this passage says that from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, and that this is not how it's supposed to be, and that this isn't how God wants it to be. And the reality is we have a choice with our words. We may not be able to fully control our tongue all the time and hurtful, foolish things will slip out of our mouths, but at the end of the day, God has presented us with a choice. We can use our words to build up or tear down, to wound or heal. And when we speak words that are toxic, that tear down and wound others, this is a symptom of a far greater condition of brokenness in our hearts. Brokenness that Christ came to heal and set us free from so that we get to choose to use our words for good. So tonight I wanted to go through a couple Proverbs together and share some that teach us how to use our words for healing and building up and also some that warn us about how our words can be destructive to others and ultimately to our own souls as well. So first we can use our words for healing and building others up by thinking and listening before speaking. Proverbs 15, 28 says this, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Now, have you ever been going through something hard and you reached out to someone and you really just wanted them to listen to you, but instead they kept relating the story back to themselves or interrupting and giving you advice, or they just kind of quickly changed the subject and didn't really want to talk with you about that, didn't want to enter into that experience and listen to you? Now, our words can be destructive when we neglect to listen to others and we think carefully before we speak and we instead just rush into sharing our opinion or giving advice. And the phrase in this says, pours out evil things. And this implies that these words are not carefully thought through, where the phrase ponders how to answer implies words that are carefully chosen and thought out. And we have the choice with our words to build up or tear down, to wound or heal. And words that are carefully chosen are way more likely to be healing, while we are way more likely to wound others with the words we speak when we speak before thinking. A friend once told me this really wise thing, that listening isn't just waiting for your turn to talk. Now, have you guys ever had a really nice Thanksgiving dinner with your family and then someone thought it was the perfect time to bring up politics? Anybody? (laughs) Now, it can be a real challenge to simply listen to someone who shares different political views or overall values or is from a different faith background than you. But listening with love without inserting your opinions is one of the most unifying and healing things that we can do. When it comes to these issues, the reality of us 
the reality is the majority of us think that we're right, and anybody who disagrees with us is wrong. And this keeps us from genuinely hearing and seeking to understand the perspective of someone else that is different from our own. Now, at the church that I was employed at before Menlo, my boss was a sweet, older African-American man named Burl. And one of the most eye-opening and growing experiences for me as a follower of Jesus was listening to him share with me about his experiences dealing with racism growing up and the experiences he has even now in 2019. Now, Burl knew firsthand what it was like to be rejected and overlooked and mistreated because of the color of his skin. And listening to his stories growing up and experiencing painful racism from his peers and the pain he still experiences today from white brothers and sisters who belittle or dismiss his experiences was so heartbreaking for me. And it was heartbreaking for me in a very, very good way. It broke my heart listening to him share these stories with me, and it was a good thing because it changed me. I realized listening to him that I have no idea what the experiences of my brothers and sisters of color are like. And the most healing words for me to speak were not to share my thoughts or insights or try to relate his experience to my own somehow, but rather to listen to him, to listen to him and seek to understand his experience and lament with him. And listening to someone whose experience I could never relate to because of my own privilege absolutely changed my life. Because when we're quick to speak and slow to listen, we not only miss out on how God can change our hearts through the act of listening, but we're also way more likely to end up sinning against someone and wounding them with the words that we speak. Another proverb says this, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. You know, another way that our words can be wounding is when we gossip or slander others. Now, it's safe to say that all of us in this room have chosen at one point to participate in gossip and speak or listen to words about others that are unkind or even untrue. It's also safe to say that we have all experienced the pain of being on the other end of gossip, where people have said things about us that are unkind or untrue. And when this happens, you feel betrayed. You feel misunderstood, angry, vulnerable. And if someone was upset with you and chose to vent to someone else about it, you just wonder why they wouldn't come to you directly. Now, we have a choice with our words. Build up or tear down, wound or heal. And gossip always wounds. Gossip always wounds. Proverbs 16:28 says this, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Now here we see the immediate effects of gossip, that friendships are damaged or completely lost, feelings are hurt, trust is broken, reputations are ruined, but the greatest damage of gossip is actually done in our own hearts. Now sadly, Christians have an especially terrible reputation for being gossips, and this is one way that the body of Christ wounds each other and makes church community feel unsafe, which is not how it's supposed to be. And often, gossip is shared in the form of a prayer request from a concerned friend so that the gossiper can actually stroke their own ego and justify their sin, viewing what they're doing as noble and helpful to the other person. Or how often have you heard or have personally said to someone else, I don't mean to gossip, but, and then proceeded to gossip about someone else. 
Now, Christians also tend to treat gossip like a less serious sin, but in Proverbs chapter 6, it lists behaviors that God hates, that God hates. And the issues that we tend to argue uh, argue about most are not on that list, but this is a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So why, why is gossip treated like a less serious sin when we see here that God hates gossip and he hates the effect that it has on our ability to be in loving community with one another? Now, gossip is damaging to our hearts because we often use gossip to cover up our own insecurities. When we speak poorly of someone else and focus on their shortcomings, we feel better about our own shortcomings. When we point out what is broken in others instead of looking what is broken in ourselves, we feel better. We choose to look for the bad in people rather than intentionally look for the good and build them up. But friends, we have a choice. We have a choice with our words. Build up or tear down. Wound or heal. Recently, I read this tweet from an author named Jackie Hill Perry. Beware of friends that confuse gossip with bonding. We, we like to listen to gossip because it makes us feel included and accepted with the person that we're gossiping with. Now, recently, I learned about a new uh, slang phrase uh, on a podcast called Spill the Tea. Has anybody heard that before? I'm going to talk about it like I know how to use it, but I don't really, so please bear with me. Um, so I learned that tea means gossip. So when someone is telling you to spill the tea, they're egging you on and encouraging you to gossip with them to share juicy and exciting information. And the reality is we all, we all love to spill the tea and drink the tea. And <laughs> that's me trying to alter a little bit to act as if I kind of know how to use it. But uh, Proverbs 18.8 says that the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. It's basically saying gossip is delicious. Tea is delicious. There's something so satisfying about gossip, even though it is so toxic. Scientifically, shared dislikes create stronger bonds than shared likes. A couple years ago on Shark Tank, someone actually came on with a pitch for a dating app that instead of bonding people over their shared interests and things they like, it would bond them over the things they hated the most. What an interesting way to start a relationship. Now, this makes us feel connected and bonded with others, but this connection is so superficial. Because even though you engage in the gossip, there's a part of you that knows that you can't fully trust that person because of how willing they are to speak ill of someone else or share confidential information. And we speak words that wound rather than heal when we gossip. It might be sweet for a moment. The tea might be really tasty. But I'm sure we all know that feeling after we've participated in gossip where you immediately feel remorse. You feel remorse or you even feel this need to cover your tracks and make sure that the person that you gossiped about doesn't find out what you said about them. And friends, this is not not the life of freedom that God intended for us to live in. God's intention for us is that we would speak words of life, words of truth, healing, joy, and peace, that we would build others up with our words and not tear them down. But there is some good news. Our words actually can be used to build up and not tear down. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. 
Now, while our words have the power to do some serious damage to our own souls and our relationships with others, we also see some really good news here. That our words can have the power to heal and be a blessing to others. And when we speak gracious words, it not only heals the recipient of those words, but also heals us. Heals the brokenness in our own hearts. And as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility not only to be silent and listen when it's appropriate, like we talked about earlier, but also to speak up on behalf of the vulnerable and oppressed and be an advocate for others. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Now, in order to be an advocate, we have to consider whose voices have been silenced and not listened to in our society, in our culture, and, and even in the church. And when they speak, we get to choose not only to listen to them, but amplify their voices so that they are heard. Now, recently, a well-known fundamentalist pastor was asked what he thought about an influential female preacher and what he would say to her if she was in the room. And his response was that he would tell her to go home. The room full of men burst out laughing. And this pastor also took an opportunity to mock the Me Too movement. Because we have a choice with our words. Build people up or tear them down. Wound them or heal them. And as, as a survivor of sexual assault and as a female pastor, these words pressed on a wound for me. Even though this was directed at another woman, it was as if he said it to me. For far too long, the church has not been a sanctuary for victims of abuse, assault, and oppression. And this is, this is not how it ought to be. This is not how it ought to be. Jesus has called us to be an advocate for the oppressed, to speak up and see that they get justice like this verse is saying. And for far too long, women's giftings have been dismissed in the church. Personally, I have been simply turned down and disqualified for worship leading jobs because of my gender. And women in ministry like the one that this pastor mocked have walked a far more difficult road than I have simply to use the gifts God has given them to speak, to lead, and carry the title of pastor and preacher. However, what encouraged me in the midst of feeling discouraged watching all of this go on was a male friend of mine, Josh, who sent me a text and reached out to me and let me know that he supported me, that he validated and believed in my ministry and encouraged me that I have so many people standing alongside of me that feel the same way. And Josh has vocally and publicly advocated for women in ministry, has given them a voice, championed them in their gifting, and simply has used his voice and his platform to honor them like Jesus would. God's heart is for justice. And if we claim to follow Jesus, our words should reflect that we have that same heart for justice. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now Jesus demonstrated his heart for justice and speaking up on behalf of the oppressed. He demonstrated his heart for racial reconciliation 
He championed and included women in his ministry. He associated with the people in society that the religious leaders disregarded, and he used his words to heal and build others up. And whether we are saying things that we regret or are neglecting to use our voice to speak up when we should, the toxic, wounding words that we speak to and about others or neglect to speak are a symptom of a greater condition of brokenness in our hearts. Brokenness that Christ came to heal and set us free from. And when Jesus went to the cross, he took on every insult, every false accusation, without speaking up to retaliate or tell them they were wrong or hurl insults back at them. Instead, the words that he actually chose to speak were forgive them, forgive them. And he chose to use his words to heal the very people who were tearing him down. And Jesus took on those wounding words so that we could live in healing and be agents of healing to others with the words that we speak. So this week, friends, my challenge for all of us is to think about who in your life you might need to just speak a word of encouragement to. Maybe someone at your work has been doing a really great job and they just need someone to notice that they've done a great job, gone above and beyond and encourage them and appreciate them. Or maybe there's someone in your life that you need to apologize to. You've wronged them in some way, maybe even with a harsh word that you've spoken and you need to ask for their forgiveness. Maybe you need to practice listening to others and not sharing your thoughts or giving advice and just demonstrating that you want to empathize and understand and enter into what they're experiencing. Now, maybe you need to speak up for someone whose voice has been silenced or ignored. Now, I also want to challenge us this week to think about who in your life, in your circle of friends, your coworkers, your, fam your family members, who draws toxic words out of you? Who do you tend to gossip with? Who do you get in arguments with? Are there any healthy boundaries that you can set in your conversations with them so that you just don't go down that path? Maybe if you tend to gossip with them, you can just say, hey, I'm trying not to gossip. Can we talk about something else? Or quickly change the subject. And you may even need to consider simply if you need to distance yourself from having conversations with that person altogether. Because at the end of the day, friends, we have a choice with our words can build up or tear down, it can wound or heal. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace, God, for going to the cross for us, God, for redeeming every broken word that we speak out of anger, out of hate, out of ignorance. God, I pray that you would teach us to use our words for good and for healing. God, I pray that we would build people up, that you would open up our eyes to the people around us that, that could use encouragement. God, I pray that you would humble us if we need to apologize to someone, as that can be such a hard thing to do. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to the people around us that we need to be an advocate for, that need justice, that need someone to amplify their voice so that they are noticed and heard. God, don't let us be silent in the face of that. God, I pray that you would place a heavy conviction on our hearts when we need to speak up and when we need to be silent. 
And God, I pray that even tonight, that we would be able to practice that. That you would give us the words to speak that would heal, that wouldn't wound. That you would give us the words to speak that build people up and don't tear them down. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.